2: Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, it's a lovely Wednesday here in Pittsburgh. It looks like the weather is finally... It's awesome, yeah. ...finally starting to turn to the good here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was at a uh, local watering hole with a bunch of my buddies last night, and one of the dudes has a pool. It's been open for a while. He's like, we may have a pool party coming up in the next day or two. I'm like, I'm in. Give me Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it.
2: <laughs> uh, but that also means for the NFL, it is now kind of the... Let's just talk about nothing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's list season. season. List season. And and manufacturing and, yeah. things to talk about. We can pretend like it isn't. But there's about a six-week stretch now. Maybe a little less where, sure, there's a Ryan Kerrigan signing to Philadelphia yeah. and things like that. But there's not big news. And, you know, frankly, pretty soon this is when Coach Tomlin and Kevin Colbert take their kids to Disney World or whatever, too. Yeah. Like, they got to get away, too, you know.
2: But we'll have minicamp coming up yeah. and things of that nature. And the OTAs will start. I believe next week we'll see if the, how that goes. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, it is list kind of season. It is. It is. Uh, you sent me I'm this right, one. No, uh, this right. is the five most improved teams of this off season after the draft and free agency. Okay. So essentially, this is the
0: winner of the off season. Sure. And we know how that goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, on paper is a lot different than playing it out. And uh, you know, boy, they got this quarterback, but oh, their center is garbage, and they don't pick up any blitzes, and yeah. now there's you know. But I've written these articles. You've written these articles. I think this one's Matt Bowen, who does a really good job on ESPN. This is Robert Mays. Actually. Oh, this one's Robert Mays. Yeah. He does a really good job, too, for The Athletic. I was actually listening to his podcast as I was coming in. Um, so I'm interested. You know, I mean, I think he'll make good arguments, but
2: take it with a grain of salt. So he says the teams that have improved the most this offseason, he has some honorable mentions here. Okay. Let's talk about those. His first honorable mention is Arizona.
1: Hmm. And I honestly
2: think Arizona – Maybe should have been – because I, look, I, I looked ahead at this yeah to see who his top five were. And they added J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green, Malcolm Butler, Zayvon Collins, Rondell Moore. it's pretty good. That's a pretty good group to add. James Conner. And James uh, yeah, Conner. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, so, I look at that. And I say, okay, you added a, a quality center.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like Hudson a lot. Yeah. And to be honest, I want the Steelers. A
2: quality defensive that. player in Watt who is going to help your mm-hmm. raise the level – Maybe he's not the player he once was, but he helps the other guys on that defense.
0: This isn't part of the equation, but don't forget Chandler Jones returns. He missed, like, the whole year. That makes wide play a few less snaps. You know, there's a trickle You can line those guys up opposite each other. Absolutely.
2: A.J. Green's not what he used to be, but...
0: I don't think he's going to embarrass himself out there. No, and
2: you've still got a very talented wide receiver group.
0: Hopkins is going to get the targets. I mean, there's no question about that. Green's going to be out there, though.
2: Uh, I don't know that they upgraded a cornerback with Malcolm Butler, but...
0: They lost Patrick Peterson, yeah. who was not playing great, to be honest with you. Corner to me is their biggest hole.
2: Yeah. But you had a Collins and Rondell Moore. Those are two quality players mm-hmm. from the draft.
0: This also doesn't factor in, but I'm sure Isaiah Simmons will be a lot better in year two than he As was. As will Kyler
2: Murray in year three. Right, yeah. right. I mean so, Simmons
0: next to Collins in the second level is pretty intriguing. Yeah. I, I think that's a those are quality ads. I them. agree. I also think Kingsbury is at a crossroads. Yeah. And they got a lot older this offseason. You know, you're going to trade Well, that's the one or... thing
2: you look at those guys. Watt, Hudson, Green, Green right. Butler. Right. These are guys all on, on, on the wrong side of 30. And some of them cost
0: them draft picks. Yeah. Um, so, I think he realizes, I better do something in this tough division sooner than later. Yeah. You know. So, the, there is some motivation that might not be a long-term gain.
2: The next team on the honorable mention list, Denver.
0: Oh, one more Cardinals note, too. Kyler got hurt, which worries me for right. any of those running quarterbacks, but after that minute he did,
2: he wasn't the same. He was a
0: lot less scary to yeah. play against. I mean, just didn't run nearly as much and when he's fresh and healthy, he's a handful.
2: It's one of the reasons why the Steelers mantra when they play the Ravens is to hit Lamar Jackson as much as possible. Of course. Of course. Beat him up. Yeah. Uh the Broncos are next on here in his first addition, notable addition, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Come on,
0: man. Maybe the starting quarterback though. Yeah.
2: But then Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Patrick Sertain, Javante Williams.
0: How about adding three corners? Three corners in today's <laughs> you know NFL. I
2: mean? Now, cornerback was an issue for them last year. It was, but
0: I, I don't I, agree with the Sertain pick. Yeah, but he's a really good player. He's a
2: good player, and they, and they, you know, young cornerbacks do take time, and but he, you know, started from the get-go at Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. Their secondary should be good. It should. Uh, they still don't have a quarterback. Bridgewater does not solve that issue for me.
0: Me neither. I mean, this is another team, like the Channel Jones conversation. They get Vaughn Miller back, really well coached on that side of the ball. They got coverage guys. They got pass rush. They got run stuffers. I bet they're really good on D. Yeah. They get Cortland Sutton back. You know, I mean, they have a lot of weapons. They've drafted. But
2: they, again, lost the right tackle. They did lose the right tackle. And uh, the one wide receiver who they were going to try to trade, um, the kid from Penn State. Hamler. Ham, not Hamler, the other one. Uh, Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton.
0: Oh hey, oh yeah, Hamilton, yeah. But they have Judy, they have Sutton, they have Hamler, they have Vance. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they were going they
2: were going to get something for Hamilton. They had his trade all set up yeah, and he yeah, gets yeah. hurt in the offseason that, and they end up releasing both of those guys.
0: Kind of like the right tackle too, James, yeah. like you mentioned that he, you get him franchised and then he opts out and then he gets injured and you got you really got nothing out of him and d- despite investing a lot. Yeah. That team's really, I mean, I think Javante Williams is going to go past Gordon quickly. You know, Anyone that listens knows that we like him a lot. Would you start Locke or Bridgewater, though? I
2: mean, I, I don't, don't think they have I don't, a I don't think either one is a, is a viable no. option. I mean, maybe the they thing. still get Rodgers. If you start Locke, you take advantage of what you have offensively with the, your downfield threats. Downfield. Yeah. He'll,
0: he'll let it fly.
2: If you start Bridgewater, yeah, he won't turn the football over, but you're not taking advantage of what your your attributes no. are.
0: No, no, you're 100% right. I mean, I I discussed my wide receiver ranks today, and I kind of quoted you because I had DJ Moore really high on there, like 17th. And I'm like, you watch the tape? He's running free. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to ding him for that and not put him on the list because Teddy doesn't let it fly. You could absolutely see that with Judy and Sutton and Fant and those guys. So do you want to try to win 13-9 with Teddy, or are you going to accept some mistakes and win higher-scoring games with Locke? Neither is probably the answer, right? You know, unfortunately. They, but if yeah. they if they had Rodgers, I think they're a massive contender. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think the defense is good. I think the weapons are good. Right, right. It's Munchak just one. will coach up a lot. The one thing you that. don't have is a quarterback, it's which a is the biggest, the most important position on the field. Yeah. Uh, the next honorable mention, the Rams.
0: Stafford carries a lot of weight
2: notable additions. One. There's only three: okay. Stafford, Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell. Really, there's only one. One. I don't. I'm not counting Deshaun on Sean Jackson to play no. four games this year. No, me he hasn't neither. shown that he can do it. No,
0: I don't get that. I mean, it's pretty clear when you add Atwell and Jackson, you want speed. You know, yeah. I mean, they're both small. They're both hard to count on, in my opinion. I mean, very hard to count yeah. on. But they're gonna throw down. Field I mean, a maybe
2: they're more. hopeful that one of the two is active every I, I game bet day. That's the logic, yeah,
0: you know. I mentioned my wide receiver ranks. I got a lot of heat. I didn't put Woods or Cup on there, but that's a pretty good group of receivers. Yeah, no, they're you solid. Get, yeah, if one of those guys is healthy, and that was a big thing that McVay went crazy about. Was Goff didn't let it fly downfield either, and Stafford will, but are they vastly improved? I mean, one position goes a long way. Don't get me yeah. wrong; I did quarterback, but uh, I don't know. They were pretty good to begin with.
2: Uh, the Giants are next on the list, as an honorable mention. Adding Kenny Kenny Galladay, Dory Jackson, Kadarius Toney, Aziz Ojalari.
0: That defense looks pretty formidable all of a sudden. they got the big guys in the middle. They're pretty decent in a corner with, like, Bradbury and some of their additions. I don't love the linebackers, though. I don't love the linebackers. They've ignored linebackers since Carl Forever. Yeah, Yeah. since Lawrence Taylor. Um, The thing that worries me the most, though, is so many of these teams did this with their young quarterbacks, Miami, Philly, we're going to surround you with tons of weapons at this stage of your career, sink or swim, and on the, oh, by the way, we're going to pick up an extra first-round pick next year in case you Just sink. in case, yeah. yeah. But they didn't really address the line. You right. Know, they, I'd, if you'd have kept Zeitler, I'd feel a lot more comfortable about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Thomas got better during his rookie year. You're count on Nate Solder to be the left tackle after off and out, and he was declining to begin with, and –
2: he didn't get any younger nice. while he opted out.
0: Right. I mean, like I would have taken saw instead of Tony, or would have kept Zeitler. I mean, one more lineman would have gone a long way.
2: So now we're up to number five. Those yeah. are those are the honorable mentions. Number five is the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: I suppose. I mean, they they were they're starting they're starting they're at right. the
2: bottom, but they added Trevor Lawrence, Travis Atien, Shaquille Griffin, Rayshawn Jenkins, Roy Robert Harris, Robertson Harris, Tyson Campbell, Marvin Jones. I... Okay. I mean, Lawrence is a A bunch of, a given. A bunch of rookies, yeah. you know, for the most part. Shaq Griffin uh, mm-hmm. might be one of the more overrated players in the league, in my, in my opinion.
0: So, they got they now have last year's first-round pick, which doesn't equate to this. Henderson, Griffin, and then they drafted Campbell in the second round out of Georgia. Yeah. So, you, you would think three young corners is a real strength. But you mentioned the free agent additions. None of them move the needle for me all that much, though.
2: They're not really anything different than what who the, like the Steelers sign, you know, some guys. Some guys, right. Yeah, some yeah, depth yeah. pieces. Like,
0: Who's the real stud I, that you had? I
2: covered a league. I couldn't tell you who Roy Robertson Harris is. Yeah, I, I, he's off okay. Off the top of my head. He, like, he
0: played well for the Bears, and he's kind of an underrated guy. Yeah. But i got to admit, I'll be very honest, too. When they signed him, I'm like, is that the guy I'm thinking about? I had to go back and double to go back and, and look, like, yeah. Yeah, I do kind of like him. He's a versatile interior dude. And he'll, he'll work out fine there, I'm sure. But, man, I mean, how much credit do you – I don't give GMs a lot of credit for drafting Andrew Luck, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, yeah. LeBron James. Like, my sister can make that pick. He's an addition. I mean, we're not rewarding – Difficulty points to these GMs. But, you know, is he a way better prospect than Burrow?
2: You were also the GM that earned the first overall pick in the draft.
0: Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. And, and there's nowhere to go. But my point with Burrow is he looks like he's going to be a really good quarterback. But even if he had stayed healthy, the, the Bengals only won would have won six games last year or something. At most, yeah. At most. I mean, if he, if he was really, really good.
2: Yeah. Uh Number four on here is the Cleveland Browns.
0: I guess I agree.
2: The notable additions, John Johnson, Troy Hill, Jadavian Clowney, Malik Jackson, Tack McKinley, Greg Newsome, Jeremiah Owosa koromoa and Anthony Walker.
0: I love that they attack defense and they're all defensive players you just mentioned. Well, they had to because they lost seven
2: starters off the defense. it's It's going to be a completely different defense this year. I just don't know that the combination of Jadavian Clowney, Malik Jackson, and Tack McKinley make them better up front.
0: I don't think it does. I right. would probably rather have Vernon and Robertson, the guys that they got yeah. rid of. You know, I, I think the D-line could be a liability outside of Garrett. I bet their first-round pick a year from now is a defensive lineman in some regard. Neither one of us would put our money into Clowney. The back seven got a lot better.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got better, got better, but they didn't balance it out. Like no. The, no. The, the, front seven, the front four was their strength last year. Right. Now, it might, and now it's the weakness, and you've strengthened the back seven. Yes. Like, okay, okay, teams were passing all over us last year. So we got to get better. Well, now they're going to run on you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Greedy Williams returns, Delpit returns. Maybe you could have gone one less defensive back and got some sort of defensive lineman instead. Yeah. And, and Odell returns. I mean, that doesn't, I think that's a huge wild card for me, but that doesn't factor in these equations. Yeah.
2: Now they're in a good shape. The Jets are number three.
0: Some of these are low-hanging fruit, like right. Jacksonville. Like you're the worst two teams in the league.
2: They added Zach Wilson in the draft, obviously. Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Lamarcus Joyner, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore. The last two also.
0: I really them. like what they're doing. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, you take Vera Tucker stick him next to Beckton, nice.
2: But they had very little talent to begin they with. Very little
0: talent, and yeah. they had a ton of cap space. And you know, I, Lawson's one of my favorite pickups. I think Corey Davis will help them. Guys like Joyner that you mentioned are good players. Rankins.
2: Um, but your ceiling right now is to be average.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, this doesn't that's make a, you a contender. No, uh, <laughs> but that's a huge step forward from where they were.
2: Number two on this list, and I might disagree with this one as well. The New England Patriots at number two.
1: Hmm.
2: They added U Smith, Matthew Judon, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Trent Brown, Kyle Van Noy, Jalen Mills, Kendrick Bourne, Mac Jones was a rookie, Christian Barmore is a rookie.
0: I would also factor in their opt-outs.
2: Right, they're gonna get those guys, those guys back, guys too, but you don't right? know what those guys are gonna be. No, you don't. Um, they spent a lot of money. they added a lot of people right, but does Matthew Judon, for example, make them better? Uh, does nel uh, do Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne make them a more that's my valuable uh, you know a more dangerous team on offense.
0: Hell no. It's kind of like the Jaguars' arguments with picks, but this is with cap space. They spend a ton in free agency. And you
2: still might not have a quarterback. You
0: still might not have a quarterback. I don't think you have wide receivers. And yeah. I'm sure those tight ends will make a difference. They're good players. But they're now the highest-paid tight ends in the league that aren't named Kato or Kelsey. Right. We kind of saw how that worked with Hooper and, and Cleveland. You're
2: spending $28 million on the on the tight end position. Right. Like,
0: And, and I felt like in a big way this free agency period was just making up for bad drafts. Yeah. So, yes, it does make you better. I mean, if that's your argument is who, what teams are better,
2: they're is better. And I, and I g- better. guess they have a pass rush now with Judon and Kyle Van Noy.
0: I think so. You're but neither one up.
2: of them has ever gotten double digits in sacks.
0: No. And that goes for Winovich and Uche and the guys already on the team. Yeah. And they'll blitz a fair amount. I think the defense will be good. I think the O-line will be good. Of course, they'll be well coached. But drastically better?
2: Eh, that's not how I would use my money. Yeah, they won seven games last year. Are they suddenly going to be a 10 win team? Right.
0: I mean, I know he made a ton of money, but what if that was Kenny Galladay? You know, yeah. give, give me a, a guy on a the guy, other side. A guy. An actual scary, legit
2: right? number one receiver.
0: Aguilar, I mean, like, would Aguilar play snaps here?
2: If you uh, if, if you had offered Philadelphia Aguilar back for nothing, yeah. they wouldn't have taken him.
0: No, right, right, right. And
2: they needed receivers. Right. They he let him walk Raiders, two years ago, right. and they needed receivers.
0: They want nothing to do with him. Kendrick Bourne, to me, is a four. Yeah. Aguilar's a three. Yeah. And again, neither one would play snaps with Steelers. Right. Would, yeah.
2: Yeah. Number one. This is one I haven't heard a lot about, or at least mentioned in this in this vein Washington. Wow. Notable additions Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, William Jackson, Charles Leno, Eric Flowers, Jamin Davis, Samuel Cosme, Bobby McClain.
0: I saw their O line because I thought it was a decent O-line? They just
2: gave Morgan Moses the, the option to, to go out and seek a uh, trade. Oh, did they? I didn't yeah. read that today. That okay. was yesterday, actually. Okay.
0: Because I thought their O-line was one good guy away from being solid, or, you know, being filled up. Yeah. And They drafted Cosme. They signed Leno, who I don't understand why Chicago cut. And they also added Flowers, who they're going to put back at guard. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's not a tackle. So I thought they completed that and actually had an abundance. So that makes sense now with, with Moses because Leno could like, play right Cosby if could play. If New
2: right. England was going to spend money on a receiver, Curtis Samuel would have
0: Curtis Samuel's guy. Right? Way
2: better than either guy that, that New England signed. Right.
0: I mean, you're looking at McLaurin, Samuel and Denami Brown and Logan Thomas as your receivers. Yeah. And Gibson's a good receiver out of the backfield. I think he's ready for a jump forward. I think their defense might be the best in the league. I'm not saying it's my pick to be best in the league, but they're going to play. It's a pretty. Long, it's
2: pretty going to be top five. It's going to be real. They're going to rush the
0: passer as well as anyone, if not better. As long
2: as as long as Fitzpatrick doesn't turn into Bad Ryan Fitzpatrick and throw 20 yeah, interceptions this where year, that's going to
0: go. Like I think they're going to play a lot of press man coverage. You know, with cor- big corners. We both like Jamin Davis a lot. I don't think we have to tell our listeners the difference between Jamin Davis and Bostick. Yeah, I mean we know what they're doing there. <laughs> but I said this on my podcast and. Boy, did I get heat. I think Washington has the worst quarterback situation in the league. I'm not saying they'll get the worst quarterback play in 2021, right. but situation, if I was a GM to inherit a quarterback situation, they don't even have a third-round pick sitting around to learn. I mean, they don't have the Rudolph. They don't have a Haskins. I mean, they don't have anybody. They had a
2: Haskins. They had a Haskins, <laughs> and I understand why they'd move on from yeah. Don't get me wrong.
0: But if you're counting on Fitzpatrick to not turn the ball over, Uh, Good luck with that. Or stay
2: healthy at 38. Yeah. The way he runs around. Right. I mean, it's 17-game season. You know, do do they tell him, hey, Ryan, we don't want you running around. We don't – you know, throw the ball away.
0: Yeah. I mean, for someone that has no skin in the game, I don't care if Washington wins one game or 17. And I'll gladly draft their their fantasy guys. They'll be fun. But that's not the approach I would have taken a quarterback. It would have been Fitzpatrick and Davis Mills or – even Somebody. You yeah. Know, I mean, you know, it, it, I would not put all those chips in that basket for this year.
2: To that point, okay. So, uh, Pro Football Focus did uh, what they're calling implied um, market implied twenty twenty one power rankings. What they did was looked at the this is interesting. Yeah. They looked at the uh, what the the odds are for for every every game this season, and then they oh, used okay. a uh, a matrix based approach where they can derive an offensive. It's a massive matrix based approach where we can derive an offensive and defensive rating for each team, which when added together gives rise to a point spread that would theoretically be the spread in a game versus an average team on a neutral field.
0: The most average team on a neutral field. Yeah. That, that's important in this equation.
2: Okay, so we just went through those teams that all improved in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I
0: don't think we had huge problems with any. I mean, they're all better. Yeah. You know.
2: All right, so their number one team in this in this metric, the Kansas City Chiefs, 6.4 points above average, an average team on, on a, a neutral, neutral field.
0: field. against The most average team in the yeah. league, which is a hypothetical team. We don't have that team.
2: Number two is Tampa Bay at 5.5. Sure. I think now, the Buccaneers, the, the Buccaneers weren't going to be on that list of most improved teams because they got everybody which back. That's exactly the same. Right, right, <laughs> yeah.
0: right. Was that like a whole point behind Kansas City, though?
2: Uh, it's .9 points behind them, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. I mean, KC is an O-line. Obviously, that's what their offseason goal
2: uh, and these are the, what they're calling the contenders. Number three is Buffalo at 4.3. It'd be third for me, too. Yeah. And then number four is Baltimore at plus four plus 4.2. See, I I'm don't not, know that they're a lot better. I'm not buying that. No. I, I'm just not. I have Because they lost organization,
0: a lot. But, yeah, I don't know that they're better.
2: Like, I, th- I don't know that they're markedly worse than they were a year ago. No. But I don't think that they're better. And they didn't win their division last year.
0: Correct. I mean, I think... Teams have figured out how to play them a little bit. Not that they've been figured out, that they yeah. solved, but they're going to make Lamar throw outside the numbers. Their O-line's better, but not leaps and bounds.
2: And their pass rush is certainly a good. big step back. Not as good. Right, yeah. right, right. The next tier, this is what they're calling the next tier. There are four teams in the second tier. That would be the Rams at plus 3.7. And I agree. They the were on that list board. of improved yeah, teams. Yeah,
0: yeah. They just can't afford injuries.
2: Yeah. Number six was the San, is the San Francisco 49ers a plus 3.6. I kind of and agree they with got, that. they should be considered in that teams that got better in the offseason just right. because of who they're getting back that they didn't have last year. The
0: Kittles and Bosa's. A little, yeah. I mean, they they got hit harder than any team in the league by injury. Um, I know this isn't factoring in, but their schedule's pretty darn favorable. But, I mean, they didn't have their starting quarterback, their best defensive player, and maybe the best offensive yeah. player in the they league. They were lined up
2: with Nick Mullins. Right. <laughs> Which right. <laughs> goes to show you again how remarkable the Steelers 2019 season was I bring like up the a four, lot the 49ers yeah. got a you know a top 10 pick out of not having Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: and then two years ago <laughs> when they didn't have Jimmy they got Bosa with the second pick right <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I and mean, and Jimmy's not the best player in the league you no. know or, or even you know he's a borderline starter
2: number seven is Cleveland at plus 2.9 like do you I think agree. do you think the Ravens are a true 4.2 and the Browns are 2.9? No. Because I think the Ravens are, I think point. the Browns are, would be a better team right now. I think they're a better team right now than the Ravens.
0: I think if they played each other on a neutral field I would have the Browns favored. I agree. By two and a half. mean, anyway, not yeah. by leaps and bounds but and I might even think about the matchups they stopped the run well this left tackle can't block this guy. I'm just saying I think Cleveland's the more well-rounded team that I trust.
2: I think so as well. Right. Number eight is the Colts at plus two point three. I'm not buying that. That one's not for me. I'm not buying that at all.
0: I don't think they got better. Period. No. I'm not sure. Wentz they got is worse. Better than Rivers. They right? got worse. I think they got worse
2: because Re- Wentz is not better than Rivers.
0: And their left tackle retired, and yeah. they're hoping Fisher plays in November or whatever. Is their pass rush noticeably better? Unless Quitty Pay pays a star, no. Right. And, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not buying the Colts. I'm not either. There's quite a few teams i put ahead of them.
2: The above average teams. There's a bunch here. Uh, Seattle at 9,
0: plus 1.7. I'm fine with that, assuming Wilson plays like he does early in the year and not the, the end of the year.
2: The Saints at 10, at plus 1.4.
0: I still think it's a really good roster. It's a
2: good roster, but you're again, your quarterback's an issue.
0: But it was last year. It, it was, but, but Breeze
2: wasn't going to turn the football over. If they turn things over to Murray, to, to Jameis Winston, and he yes. turns into bad Jameis Winston and throws right. twenty interceptions,
0: well then they're going to be a disaster. They're they're in trouble. But I think that's one of the better defenses in the league. I think it's the best O line in the league, right there with Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, it wasn't like their quarterback play was vintage Breeze last year.
2: Number is. eleven is Arizona at plus one point one.
0: We talked about them earlier. I mean, I think I'm, they're I'm better, better cool with the team. Bad. Yeah.
2: Number 12. that's still
0: fourth in that division by their metrics. Right. Yeah, that's a tough division, obviously.
2: Uh, Number four is Green Bay at plus .8.
0: With Rodgers, I think it's better than that. Without, they're way below.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, Number 13 is Dallas at plus .8. I think I'd have them higher. The defense is still going to be an issue.
0: It is. I mean, they're they're counting a lot of rookies. Yeah. Uh, And it's not going to be good, but I bet it's better than last year. Big thing with their defense last year too was not only did it not have talent, they had a lot of blown assignments yeah. and things like that. Mean, that it's...
2: typically doesn't get better when you're playing rookies. No, but it almost can't <laughs> get worse. I mean, it was bad. They number that back. yeah, number fourteen. The Steelers at plus 0. .6. I
0: think that's about right.
2: They but I'm a little higher. I'm a, i I might have them a little bit higher, and I would have them.
0: I'd have them with the Colts.
2: Yeah. In the AFC, I, I think they're more in line with what. I think they're closer to Baltimore. Then, 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 Baltimore is to Cleveland, and they have they have Baltimore ranked ahead of Cleveland.
0: So you're saying there's a bigger gap from Cleveland to the Ravens than the Ravens to the Steelers? The,
2: the Raven the the Ravens came in at four point two. Mm-hmm. The Browns came in at two point nine. Yeah. So that's a one point three point. And I think the difference. two of us would flop them. I think they should flop. The Steelers come in at 0. .6, so they're telling us that—
0: It's a distant third.
2: Yeah, that the Browns are 2.3 points per game better than the Steelers. That might be true, mm-hmm. maybe, but I don't think that the Ravens are in the right spot.
0: You don't think the Ravens are
2: Two. I don't think the, Ravens, 2, don't think the Ravens should be in that top four contenders. I don't either. Class.
0: I would put. I would rank them Browns, Ravens, Steelers, but I think the gap between all three would be less than these I camps. think
2: the gap between the Ravens and Steelers is pretty close.
0: I do, too. I do,
2: too. Like, I don't think it's markedly that, oh, mm-hmm. the Ravens are so, the Steelers swept them last year. Yeah. Including down in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson playing.
0: Yeah, right, right, right.
2: Like, the Colts
0: don't make sense to me in the AFC at pecking order. And that
2: was after they had just lost Devin Bush, by the way. Yeah, good point, good point. So, uh, you know, I don't know that the, that the Ravens are, are mar- a markedly better team than the Steelers. I no. They just don't.
0: They deserve a lot of respect, but yeah. the Steelers do. The Steelers too. should, too. Right, yeah. right, for the same vein. Like, these teams know how to win. They have good coaches, you know.
2: Uh, number fifteen is the Chargers at point three.
0: I'm a believer, but I got to see it first. I've, I've I've bitten on that forbidden fruit before, yeah. and it's hurt. You know.
2: Number sixteen is another team that, that people are ranking ahead of the Steelers, and I don't know that they should be. Uh, and this this metric says no. The Titans at point three.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to go backwards. They may have a decent record because they're in a bad division. In a bad division. Four yeah. easy wins, but I don't think they're a really good football team.
2: And then seventeen is the Vikings at point three.
0: I think they could be. I mean, their offense was really, really good last year. This might not have a great line, and they added two, go- two good linemen in free agency, or in the draft. I think Zimmer will get the defense back to average.
2: So that's your top 17 teams. And they're saying that that's, those are the only teams that are in the positive right now. They're above average. Above average. Uh, the below average teams. This is another team that people are ranking in their power rankings ahead of the Steelers. Uh, I've seen a lot. Miami, minus point
0: three. Yeah, the last power ranks I did, I got all kinds of errors. I'm not ready to crown
2: way. the Dolphins as ooh, they're really good.
0: Yeah. I mean everyone thought I underrated them and I had them in like nineteen, something yeah. like that. Which is where they should be. I think they're a work in progress. I like what they're doing. They're not there yet. I think they're a, a year uh, a year improved from the they're like the Jets, but a year earlier.
2: Two has started like six career games. Like yeah. let's not you know
0: and that's they have quarterback questions.
2: Yeah. Number 19, this is another team that, that people were ranking ahead of the Steelers. This, and they were on the list we just talked about, the Patriots, minus 0.
0: .4. I can make an argument both ways.
2: I think that's where they belong, because yeah. last year, if we were doing a similar thing based on our feelings about them going into the season, we both thought that they would struggle. Yeah, yeah. And during the season, you're like, well, they're probably like the 25th best team in the league.
0: Oh, yeah. But they won seven games when it was all said and done. Right. Despite having massive flaws. I still think they have flaws. Uh, I give Belichick a lot of kudos, though. I don't know how much they do with that, but I think they're probably in the same tier as the Steelers, and i take them both over the Colts and Titans.
2: Number 20 is the Broncos at minus 0. .6. We talked about them earlier. Yeah. I mean,
0: who knows? Uh, the quarterback's a problem.
2: Quarterback's an issue. The
0: way they're constructed right now, I don't think they're a contender or a playoff contender.
2: 21 is the Falcons at minus 1.3.
0: I'm really interested to see what they do, especially on offense. And I think they'll light it up on offense. I still think Matt Ryan's pretty good.
2: The defense, however, is an issue. Real problem. And they found ways to lose games last year. Right. It I was mean, very we'll Charger-like. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Really bad at it.
2: Uh, 22, the Raiders at minus
0: 1.8. I think that's probably where they belong.
2: 23 is Washington at minus 1.9. thats like better than that. That was their most improved team on the, on the other list that we looked yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still... They won that division last year. They won year.
0: division. I mean, it was a bad division, but I would have them They're 2nd They're in the
2: second NFC East team on here mm-hmm. behind Dallas, but.
0: I think one of those two teams, I think, you know, both those teams could have winning records this year.
2: Uh, 24 is the Bears at minus
0: 2.1. I'm cool with that. I, I think it needs to be fields sooner than later, though. Yeah.
2: 25 is the Giants at minus 2.2. We talked about them before. Another team too. that was on that yeah. improved list.
0: I don't trust the quarterback at all. Yeah.
2: Number 26 is the Panthers at minus 2.4.
0: A lot of variance with that team, and a lot of that's based on Darnold. I, I think there is an advantage to Darnold just not being Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. <laughs> that in itself. Takes some just, chances.
2: Yeah. Uh, but then again, he'll take some chances. Yeah,
0: that's... right. And the defenses are going to make up for it. The
2: poor teams. Yeah. Uh, 27 through 32. It's the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Bengals, Jets, Lions, Texans.
0: I think the Bengals might be a little better than that.
2: You know, not, you much. Know that. not much. Not much. I mean, they is... would
0: still be in that list for me. I mean, they
2: lost their best defensive players from last year. They did.
0: They yeah. did. Uh, I think the offense has a chance to be good. I'm not quite sure what to make of the Eagles. I don't believe in Hurts, but I don't know if they're picking in the top five next year. Yeah.
2: The Texans are worst in the league at minus minus seven point two. Yeah, I was
0: curious. What are the numbers on yeah. – and the, the worst teams. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's bad. Yeah. They're be, I mean, they're going to be double-digit dogs a lot. A lot. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. That's going to do it for this segment, so we're going to take a break. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We want to thank Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air throughout the course of the show, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
2: Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined now by one of our uh, favorite guests. That would be Bob Labriola, the editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. Actually got to see Bob uh, live and in person over the weekend wow. at Steelers uh, Rookie Minicamp. Uh, Bob was down there checking out the action on uh, Saturday as well. So, uh, Bob, how you doing?
1: Pretty good. Um, it was nice to actually uh, be back at the facility. You know, for me personally, it was the first time since March thirteenth, 2020. Um, Not that you're keeping and, track or anything. <laughs> well, you know, um, and as much as I always made fun of football in shorts, uh, it was actually, I won't say compelling, that's overstating things, but I wasn't as bored as I normally would have been.
2: <laughs> I hear you on that one. Uh, I was interested to see some of the rookies, uh, as they say, on the hoof. And uh, it was not hard to be impressed uh, with the Steelers' first-round pick, Najee Harris, uh, seeing what he looked like in person.
1: No, I mean, and, you know, it was was somewhat, I won't say, well, somewhat funny. I'm a little out of practice doing this deal. I'm (laughs) trying to pick my words here. A little bit funny, coming home after uh, that practice, it was the day of the Preakness. And the the best way for me to describe – what it it looks like when you see Najee harris and then you know the other quote unquote running backs it's like you know when they do the post parade and the thoroughbred is walking next to you know the other horse that kind of is just you know like walking with them because you know they're stable mates or whatever right and it's easy Like, I knew. He's three hands
2: bigger than the other horse next to him.
1: I can pick pick out the thoroughbred in in the Preakness, and I could tell the difference between Najee Harris and the running backs that the Steelers had last year. So, um, yeah, this this guy's the real deal. Uh, He passes the eye test. You know, one of the interesting things from Saturday was, um, you know, there were no other running backs. So, Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach, is, is doing one-on-one work with Naji, and um, I guess they're working on his the strength of his stiff arm, because Naji would run towards Eddie Faulkner, who was holding a medicine ball, and uh, Ed, when Naji got close, um, Eddie would throw the medicine ball toward him, and Naji would stick out his arm and push it away. Um, now, you know, Eddie Eddie Faulkner is using both hands around that medicine ball to throw it. And Najee Harris is batting it away with one. So there's that.
2: Like he was throwing uh, a balloon away. Like somebody, yes. somebody like, ball. A, just kind of. A, beef, a yeah.
1: beach ball. Well, my hunch, like four
0: feet away from his frame. With those long yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, you know, this this it, it, it was time, uh, I think, for the Steelers to upgrade, you know, that position. You know, we saw it earlier in the Mike Tomlin era on the offensive line, you know, after you go through Sean Mahan and Justin Hartwig, it's time to draft Marquise Pouncey in the first round. You know, after, you know, seeing Chris Kimoyatu, it's time to draft David DeCastro, And you need, you know, there's coaching is some of it and scheme is some of it. But, you know, in the NFL, it's a talent league, it's a player's league, and sometimes you just have to upgrade the talent and all due respect to James Connor and those other guys a couple of whom will be at training camp with the Steelers this year uh, they're not in this guy's league they're just not and so uh, if you really want to make a, a statement um, about improving the running game and you know I think you also you know making a statement oftentimes involves more than just saying it regardless of who says it even if he's the the Steelers president um, but when you spend the 24th pick uh, of the first round on a running back in these times, which, you know, according to Mel Kuyper, uh, you just never pick a running back in the first round, uh, which, you know, that makes it true because he said it. Um, you know, that, that's a statement. And so, uh, you know, mission accomplished. I think everyone's, uh, everyone's attention has been gotten, and now it's just a matter of, uh, you know, incorporating the pieces and going to work. Uh,
0: Bob, I wasn't fortunate enough to be there for rookie minicamp, but it's pretty obvious that Najee stole the show. Uh, it's exactly what you want. But Friar Muth, to me, is a really intriguing second-round pick, and it's an intriguing draft class in general. What do you expect out of the tight end in his rookie year? you think he's going to play a fair amount, be a not a featured part of the offense, but a, a, you know, a substantial part of the offense?
1: Yeah, well, I mean – you know, offensive coordinators these days are uh, infatuated with tight ends. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, personally, I uh, I'm not someone who subscribes to that. But hey, I you know I am willing to you know to defer to the times. And so, you know, Friermuth I think is going to play a lot. Uh, not necessarily meaning that he's going to be a starter. You know, um, it's kind of like wide receivers. You know, you, you can play a lot and never start a game but that doesn't necessarily um, lessen your impact or your uh, potential to have an impact uh, on the offense. So, you know, you can't – Eric Ebron, you know, he can't block me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just uh, – and to me that's that's not going to change. There's no way to make him better or competent at that. And so – Yeah, he has trouble have... blocking people
2: on Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I wonder if he would even hit the right button sometimes. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so you, you just have to, again, this is, a, this is an instance of, you know, you can't do it with scheme or uh, coaching him, uh, Eric Ebron in particular. You have to adjust the personnel. And so, you know, that's what I think Friermuth is going to have to be able to do to add to the offense initially right away if he wants to be on the field a lot. So, um, you know, I, I remember, you know, back in the Bill Coward days, um, Tom Capers, who was his first defensive coordinator, always saying that if you cannot play the run well, you cannot play linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so now I'm going to flip that around. And if you cannot block for the run, I don't know that you're going to have a, a big role uh, on the offense for the Steelers. And that even goes to the to, to the wide receivers. You know, those guys are going to have to get be engaged. They're going to have to uh, make effort. And they're going to have to at least get in the way on the edge and down the field. Because if not, um, you know, who knows? It could be, it could flip from, you know, a guy like, you know, maybe James Washington, if he does that or is willing or is good at it, and I'm just picking a name out of the hat, if he, you know, maybe he moves up in the pecking order of the wide receivers and sees more uh, playing time and then ends up catching more passes. And then who knows, um, when the money starts getting allocated from the salary cap moving forward, you know, maybe they start to look at those kind of contributions from receivers as opposed to just you know pass-catching ability. So I think this is a real thing. Uh, I'm not predicting the Woody Hayes offense or anything, Uh, but I also am uh, feeling very confident that, um, you know, God forbid something happens to Najee Harris. If nothing happens to him, the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be 32nd in the NFL in rushing in 2021.
2: No, you're right about that. And Matt and I have been talking about uh, this pick a lot, Uh, you know, looking at where he falls or should fall in the hierarchy of, running backs around the league, um, if he's 16th or better in terms of overall talent at the running back position or, or finishes in the top 16, let's say he finishes in the top 16 and rushers in the league, and I think he'll be higher than that sure, because he's going to get the football. And he's got the ability. And he's got the ability. Uh, this is a better football team than what, they, than what we last saw uh, because I don't care what they lost on defense. I mean, I do, but I don't. Because if, they have, if, they, if he's running the ball effectively and the Steelers are running the ball effectively, the defense is going to play five to ten fewer snaps per game.
1: Well, and the other thing is, is that you force uh, the opponent into playing a kind of game that maybe um, they prefer not to play. You know, you shorten the game for them, and then when they get the ball, they're not able to, you know, be as comfortable as they maybe were last year, knowing that, you know, the Steelers, even if they moved the ball down the field, they would do it quickly and not eat up a lot of clock, and then you would have a lot of possessions if you needed to catch up or to do whatever you wanted to do as an opposing offense. Um, You know, the thing about Harris to me that is is really significant is he's an every-down player. Um, He's Le'Veon Bell in that sense. You don't have to take him off the field. And so, um, you know, and again, so what you're, what you're presenting to the opposing defense is you're making them uh, defense everything, but you're not tipping them off what it might be by changing personnel, you know, with the play clock maybe in only about 30 seconds where they have time to adjust. And, you know, this guy can do a lot of different things. Um, I don't know that he is a... You know, receiver in the Marshall Falk category, but he's more than you know. Run, run out uh, six yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Turn around, face the quarterback, and excuse me, catch the ball. You know, when it's thrown into your chest. I mean, this guy has some actual receiving skills. And you know, the other thing is, um, if he catches the ball. Uh, and you know you're wearing a number in the 20s or the 30s.
2: You're not happy. Uh, you,
1: you right. You better bring it because <laughs> he will run you over or jump over you too. Ask that kid from Notre Dame. That has happened too. So um, he is a he is a dynamic weapon. Um, I, I believe you know for me anyway. He was by far the most complete back in the draft. I know there was some um, sentiment. Uh, I'm I'm not speaking to you personally or Matt personally for Travis at the end. uh, He fumbles too much for me. Uh, I'm not interested in somebody who fumbles. Uh, Harris doesn't do that. He's a workhorse. He can catch the ball. He can run routes. He will block. So, you know, you can leave him in on third downs and not fear for Ben Roethlisberger's life. Um, You know, I I just – to me, this was – it was and not having to trade up for him or anything, just use your pick. Uh, to me, uh, it was it was a no brainer. Uh, truly, he is what you're doing for the offense at the running back position by picking him is what you did for the defense at the inside linebacker position when you uh, picked Devin Bush. But with Bush, you had to give up a significant amount of capital to go get him.
0: Yeah, that's really well said, Bob. And and I think even to take it a step further, big picture, these first two selections in the draft should have immediate dividends in the running game, a tight end that can actually block a very, very good ball carrier. But I think a bigger key in the big picture here is they're very quarterback friendly picks. You know, they're your quarterbacks in the twilight of his career. He's going to be able to you know, move those guys around, especially Harris in a Lev Bell fashion and create mismatches. But maybe most importantly is whoever's next, whether it's Rudolph, a rookie, Derek Carr, you know, on and on and on. Whoever the next quarterback here is should land in a spot that's very friendly for him. You know, a lot of easier throws to these two guys.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the other thing that um, really impressed me Uh, about Harris as it did about Minka. You know, Nick Saban has won some college football games. I mean, he was a failure as an NFL coach, fine, but, um, you know, he, he knows what he's doing in the arena in which he is competing right now. And when he said that Minka Fitzpatrick was the best leader he ever had at Alabama, and when he says that Najee Harris is one of the hardest workers he's ever had at Alabama, to me that carries a significant amount of weight because Nick doesn't just, you know, he's not just throwing bouquets around um, because he's a nice guy. So, um, you know, th- to me that-, that means something. And when you're coming from that kind of a program where uh, you're the-, the bullseye is on your back every single,
2: There won't be any. Uh, hey, uh, Najee, once you get down to two hundred twenty pounds, like Levion did. He's, well, I mean, he's already. I mean, he's he's cut up.
1: Oh, I know, and he's thick. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I um, you know, he he's. Let me put it to you this way: he's already made an impression on um, the Garrett Gamon and Marcel. Oh, I'm
2: sure he has. I mean, that's a that's an Eddie George slash Adrian Peterson type body. Like you look at that and that's the first thing I thought I'm like wow, this that, that's a running back like that dude is doesn't look like everybody else he does him. not look yeah. like everybody else in the plane I, I i i mentioned to somebody I, I was looking in with the long arms and the body type and in the and the hair uh you know the, the the way he has it um he looked a lot like a shortened version of Martavis Bryant and we know what a a physical freak that Martavis Bryant was uh you know with the, with the again just the, the the physical attributes alone stand out, and then you see, and you watch him run around on the field. I thought the most impressive thing that he did, Bob, you made mention that he was the only running back at the rookie minicamp. He took every snap.
1: Well, I player. mean, there was no that.
2: time off. Like, he's out there running, and he's running pass patterns, and he's doing all this stuff, and he's right back to the huddle and do it again.
1: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of, as you mentioned, you know, with guys like uh, Le'Veon, uh, you know, and some other players, we've seen them, you know, come in as rookies and then realized that they thought they were in shape, but they weren't. Uh, and, and I'm going to go back to what, what Saban said. It's one of the hardest workers we've ever had here. And so he's in shape. He He's, you know, he's already at that second season, uh, second NFL season shape, you know, when Mike Tomlin starts calling them highly conditioned. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and he's a guy who already knows some people have to learn this but he is a guy who already knows that the game at the nfl level at his position is not about size it's about um you know being conditioned uh and so you know i, I you know like like I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparison and it's escaping me right now, but the, the best thing I can say, and I know a lot of Steelers fans cringe every time you compare him to Le'Veon Bell, but you know, just think of Le'Veon Bell without the contract stuff. Right, that's what you're getting with this guy. Back in the best back for a while.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the case. I, I see, I see a lot of just the, the way that he plays the the game is very similar. I can see, you know, you, you just when you watch him on film, like yeah, that Steelers could be very interested in that. And and as you oh, mentioned. Yeah they didn't have to do anything to get him. They just made their pick. And, and as much as people want to rip that, well, you never take a running back in the first round, there's a huge difference between taking, for example, Leonard Fournette third overall and, and Najee Harris at 24.
0: Yeah, you didn't pass a Penny soul for him. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: right. if, if, if not Najee Harris, then tell me who. Right. And, and, well, and, and who better be the number one player at his position because that's what Najee Harris is.
1: Well, and by the time you pick 55th, the best three running backs were, we're all gone. gone. Long gone. Long gone. You no so, you know, it doesn't um, – you know, and I will for – for the Mel Kipers and those kind of people who were looking at this draft um, with that analytics bent, you, uh, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that, value and all that other garbage. Uh, I'm just going to tell you what Dan Rooney told me, um, you know, one time. He said, you know, the problem with those kind of people is they're trying to win the draft. The idea is to win the Super Bowl. And maybe Najee Harris doesn't win you the draft. But, you know, if I'm ever playing that game, um, you know, where they have the the trophy presentation at the end, uh, I'd rather have him or whoever else your Mel wanted you to pick at 24.
0: big thing I say a lot about that whole argument is ask any coach in the league when it's week 12 – Early in the fourth quarter, there's a little bit of a rain. You're on the road in Baltimore. Tell me if running backs matter or not. If you got to trot out Edmonds or Snell or that guy. You know, I mean, th- it, all the analytics get thrown out the door when it's, you know, it's, it's, real time.
2: It's third and two in Baltimore at the end of the season, you know, week right. 18 and this
0: year. <laughs> and the game matters and your job's on the line. And, you know, it doesn't matter
1: what team you are. Here's another one. Remember the... Um, the Steelers the coaches everybody getting ripped for that fourth and short deep pass down the sideline to yeah. Anthony McFarland
0: yeah I've been talking about short yardage with this guy like crazy. okay
1: but you throw that to Najee, mm-hmm. that you got a real chance
2: well yeah it would have hit him in not, st- it would have hit him in stride
1: right what I mean that. though is he has the athletic ability and the and the skills as a receiver to know how the To adjust to the ball to get his body in the proper position to try and make a play on it. And, you know, I'm not ripping, you know, McFarland. Uh, That's just not his game. That's not his skill set. That's, you know, like asking Eric Ebron, you know, to dig a defensive end out, you know, on fourth and goal at the one. It's not going to happen. So um, if that's the kind of thing you want to do in your offense, then you better get somebody who can make it happen. And this is a guy who. I believe has the the skill set, um, and certainly the work ethic, to that if he cannot do it right off the bat, um, he can he has the skill set and the want to where he can be a representative um, in just about any kind of play you want to run.
0: And that's a great point, Bob. And, I, and the other, you know what I was kind of alluding to is. I don't think on third and ones, fourth and ones, you're going to see as many throws or gadgets. You're just going to give it to that dude, and he's going to pick it up.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with that either. Right, you that know, works. You're that. still
2: allowed to do that in the NFL. Yeah. I do believe.
1: Yeah, I did. I checked just before uh, Jacob called. I, I looked up. I looked through the rule book again, and yes, that is not <laughs> illegal. Still legal. <laughs>
2: yeah, still
1: legal.
2: Uh, Bob, uh, because of that, that pick. I, I don't think I, I think a lot of people are looking at the Steelers this offseason and saying well they really didn't do much to get better I think that one player makes everybody around him better it's almost like drafting a, like they drafted a quarterback
1: well and there, you know there, there's also some things I think that um, you know and uh, as Mike Tomlin said I believe it was maybe the pre-draft presser or you know one of those or he made the point that you know yes, Changing personnel um, is, is a factor in improving the running game, but it's also, you know, approach, scheme, you know, those kind of things. You know, I think that some of the uh, things that um, you know Matt Canada is introducing, you know, in terms of the zone blocking schemes up front, and those kind of things are going to be, you know, friendly, friendlier to offensive linemen uh, because well, I remember. You know, back in the early 2000s when Dick, Dick LeBeau came back for his second stint starting in 2004 and the Steelers were a bitch to run against, they always had trouble with that outside zone blocking. Casey Hampton, as good as he was, maybe one of the, you know, better run stopping on those tackles of his era. Couldn't handle that kind of stuff. That defense was constantly getting gashed. And if you have, you know, Edger and James and some of those stretch plays and stuff that Indianapolis would run, Denver would run. um, And I think that, you know, the Steelers offense is going to incorporate some of that. And so the impression of, you know, the offensive lines, um, inabilities, um, I think you can camouflage some of that too, with, you know, doing things that way. And um, so it, You know, a lot of times fans or uh, experts or whatever, you know, the only thing that they take into account when they're determining whether a team has gotten better or not is who did they sign in free agency and who did they draft. Um, You know, the Steelers' situation in free agency was ugly, ugly, ugly because of the salary cap. But I think all things considered, they held their own. You know, um, you kept Sutton. uh, You got Alu-Alu back. Um, uh, Juju stayed and Vince came back. Um, and so I think that, you know, you mitigated the disaster in that area. I think the draft was a good one. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the change to Canada is, is going to be something that, uh, is going to be helpful. And I like Adrian Clem too. I think that he has a little bit of an edge. Um, you know, he can be a, um, you know, we talk so much about the players, the offensive linemen, are they nasty, are they nasty? I think their, their offensive line coach has a little bit in, of that in him too. And so, uh, you know, I'm not predicting they're going to turn into the seven blocks of granite or anything, but I think that they can be representative. And you can help um, your quarterback and the passing game, as, we, as one of you guys mentioned earlier, by running the football because now you're forcing the defense to play that honestly. Uh, And so, you know, we'll see. Uh, There's a long way to go yet, Um, but I just think that you know some of the reports of the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers are a little bit premature. I think that the team will show up for all 17 games and not have to forfeit any.
2: That's probably a good place to start, but uh, that's going to finish it for us, Bob. We appreciate you stopping by as always. Uh, He is Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com, always bringing the good good knowledge to us here on The Drive. Uh, I'm Dale Lally, here with Matt Williamson. Uh, We want to thank Jacob Breck for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air and getting Bob on the phone, uh, most importantly. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.
1: You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.
2: Welcome back to the drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, you did your uh, tight end rankings. Oh yeah, yeah. For uh, Pro Football Network, uh, your top twenty-five entering the 2021 season. Obviously, this does not include any rookies.
0: All right. that's just the rules. Kyle yeah. Pitts would have been on there, just like Najee would have been on my running back list. Yeah. Uh, we went over my wide receiver ranks. They went live today. Running backs went live the other day. Of course, Twitter's all a, a, a flood. About uh, you know, of course I'm an idiot. You're an idiot, yeah. yeah. yeah of course, yeah. and. Uh, Tennessee radio stations have already reached out to me to have me on for my running back <laughs> rights, I, I had Derek Henry four or five he wasn't one but my point is tight ends are a little different a little get to different animal here I mean I left a lot of good receivers off the list tight ends were hard to get to 25
2: yeah you were scraping some part-time part-time guys. player type right, guys right. here so number 25 you have yeah. Jared Cook of the Chargers he'll be he'll be replacing Hunter Henry yeah a different kind of player than Henry to some degree. Jared Cook is is very much like Eric Ebron in that you don't kind of ask him to do a lot of blocking.
0: Yeah, and when I originally did the list, I had those two right next to each other. Spoiler alert, Ebron's going to be on here. But then I started looking into Cook, and he didn't get much in free agency. He's older than I thought, and he's starting to play that way. Um, And even in in New Orleans, Adam Troutman started to overtake that job late in the year, too. Cook's had a pretty good career. He is what he is. He's a big slot like Ebron, but the end is near. And that's just a state. I mean, 20, coming up with 25 tight ends wasn't easy.
2: I've told you my Jared Cook story, right? I don't think In so. In Green Bay?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the same day as you. Yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah, I went to interview for a job with the Packers, uh, I guess, five years ago now. Okay. And... Um, I'm on my. I'm sitting in the airport in Minneapolis, waiting to fly to Green Bay. Obviously, our our flight to Green Bay was much smaller not than the one in Minneapolis.
0: Sure, it's not an easy place to fly into, yeah.
2: And I see that there's there's a guy sitting. You know, the the seats are back to back at the at the airport. I'm sitting there, and a the guy like two seats down with his back to me, and I hear him talking NFL stuff, and I'm like interesting. I saw so, six five, and he's big. And I'm like, oh, he's got. A, he's <laughs> obviously he's a player. He's fit I didn't. I never had met Jared Cook before. So we get on the plane. We fly into to uh, Green Bay, and um, I don't know if it's Green Bay International Airport. It's just, it's, very, it's a very small airport. My hunch, yeah. Yeah, and everybody else is going off to their cars, and and and, and uh, it's so, me and him walking over to see where the concierge is, who's picking us up at oh, the airport. Okay. And we started chatting a little bit. And he's going to one hotel, and I'm going to another one. They obviously they put the players up in a better hotel. I bet he have better conditions um, than you. So we so. I, I go to bed. I get up in the morning. I got to go over and and and, uh, and meet with people at You've the like a stadium. Interview, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Meeting with people at the stadium and, and Nemo overnight news had, news had broken that, and I'd found out that he was Jared Cook. Okay, I've, uh, news had broken that the Packers were signing Jared Cook. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into each other in the hallways as they're showing him around, they're showing me around, and, hey, I how you doing, you, man? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's I knew Jared Cook was right. signing with the Packers before it happened. Interesting. Uh, but and you were right next to him. Again, that's five years ago. He was like 28 then.
0: Yeah, I think he's like 34-ish, yeah. something like that now. And what's funny, now you bring that up, he's been on a lot of teams since then. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, bounced, he's bounced around, around a bit. quite a bit. And, you know, we're seeing it again.
2: Yeah. Uh, 24, you have O.J. Howard of Tampa Bay.
0: I just really liked him, and before he got hurt, very small sample size, Gronk was just getting his feet under him. Howard was getting the most snaps and most action out of those three tight ends, including Breit.
2: He's the most athletic one. He's the most most athletic. I mean, he
0: was a former first-round pick and is qualified to be athletically. He's had a rocky start, but a lot of tight ends did, and most positions he wouldn't be in the top 25. But... I, I think he could have a better second half of his career than first half of his career.
2: As we said, you know, it often takes tight ends until age twenty seven, twenty eight to kind of mm-hmm. hit their stride. Well, he's hit, he's entering that era, area, area of his career. And
0: to be honest, like he's due to be a free agent after this year. I thought if I'm the stealer, I mean, before the Firemouth pick, yeah. I'd be I'd be interested in buying at him at that price. You know, yeah.
2: Number twenty three is another guy in that. Same vein, except he's older than people think because he played baseball first. That's Hayden Hurst with the Falcons. Yeah, right. Like he was 26 when he came into the league.
0: Exactly. And, you know, they just traded a second round pick for him. He had a decent year. That was one year ago. They've obviously drafted Kyle Pitts, who's going to go right past him. They didn't pick up his fifth year option because of that. Uh, there's been even rumors that maybe they would even deal him at this point. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or that's not. That's tough to not
2: pick up. I think would they trade a second round pick? Second for round pick. For him? Second round one. pick for him, and then you don't pick up the option. You're
0: two years out of yeah. him, yeah. You know, and and he's going to be a backup for one of them or some degree. He's not a bad player. It, it's just, I think he is what it is at this stage of his career.
2: Yeah, twenty two is the aforementioned Adam Troutman.
0: I like him a lot. A lot of it's what's in front of him. I try not to speculate too much on these lists of what they're going to become, but he was a really good blocker, too, as a rookie, which is very rare. And he runs well, limited sample size, but New Orleans had all kinds of cap problems, but didn't hesitate to let Coke leave yeah. and go to this
2: guy. 21 is Ebron.
0: Yeah, we've talked to him. Steeler fans You're would right. probably,
2: a lot of Steeler fans, from what I've seen, it would disagree with that. Right, uh, I mean, I they want wanted release. him released, they want him cut, that he stinks, he's this, he's that. He's a weapon, folks. Don't look at the TE next to his name.
0: Right, right. And yeah. a lot of these guys are. We're gonna. So is Travis Kelsey. I mean, so is a right. lot of the guys that are better than, than Ebron, in my opinion. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have value. Yeah. I mean, he's not Mark
2: Bruner. No, he's, he's not Heath Miller. He's not. Right, right. You know, but he's a. Vi- you know, he's a, a receiving tight end. Yes. And Don't and ask him to do things that he can't do.
0: And I'm not even implying that his blocking's okay. It's bad. But the the bar for tight end blocking to even be average now is much lower than it even was 5, 10 years ago, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 20, the great Mo Ali Cox. at least according to Pro Football Focus. They who love him. Ha- they, ha- they had him as a second-team All-Pro last year. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: I think he's an interesting player. Uh, he's a really long, lean, you know, uh, improving player. Gives us all as a blocker. I mean, I don't think he's anywhere close to a Pro Bowl conversation, don't get me wrong, but in most positions, a player like that doesn't make the top 25, but he's all right.
2: 19 is Cole Komet uh, with the Bears.
0: A lot like Troutman to me. I mean, it's hard to judge young guys, but I think he's ascending. For some reason, Jimmy Graham's still in his way, which I don't quite understand. But I like Komet coming out of school. He was first end, a tight end taken a year ago, not a first rounder, but sort of Fryermuth ish.
2: That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, this yeah. is this is kind of what you're hoping for with with Pat Fryermuth. That when you're yeah. talking in the, about this list next year, he's somewhere in that teens area.
0: Yeah, right. Showed something as a rookie. There's a lot of promise here. You see the skills. Understand why he was drafted. Why, he, why where he was. Yeah, he's not, he's a good ascending player.
2: 18 is Austin Hooper with the Browns.
0: I don't think they're getting their money out of them. Yeah. And, you know, they even had Najoku and the rookie Hunter. Uh, what's his name? Hunter, I don't know. Bryant. Hunter Bryant, uh, yeah. They both played a Too lot. Too many Hunters. Yeah, right. Um, and Hooper's okay. He's just not worth the money. I'm not He's not worth $11 million. Dollars, yeah. No, I can see him being a cap casualty after the year. Like they're
2: paying their tight ends. A lot. Like $15 million this year. For average players, Hooper's, Hooper's 18th on this list.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe you could make an argument he should be 15th, but he's not a difference maker. Yeah, I don't you know. We kind of laughed at it when they made the yeah. move.
2: I don't know if you can rank him ahead of any of these guys above him because the next guy on the list is Robert Tanyan. in a much and, better year than Hooper. Yeah, I mean, he had 11 touchdown catches last year. Now that's yeah. playing with with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm.
0: but if, I mean, if he you watched he him did. play, I mean, he,
2: yeah. he he was a legit weapon.
0: I mean, him and Aaron Jones were basically the number two. You know, receiving options in that passing game behind Adams. Um, is he a special player? No. Uh, I mean, I would hope even a Friar Muth will go past where Tanyan is now. But he had a really good year, and I'm and, not going to ignore show it. show good hands. I yeah, mean, right, you know, right. He catches the ball. Yeah. He can run pretty well.
2: 16 is Irv Smith.
0: I'm a fan. Uh, I think he's an ascending player as well. Uh, sort of like the Saints. They, they, like, they
2: let Kyle Rudolph walk for a reason. Yeah. They didn't
0: hesitate at all to move on from Rudolph and trust this guy. He came in the league really young. Good plus athlete. Will block more than you think. From He's not the Ebron mold entirely. Um, you know, I, I, I like him, too.
2: 15, Gerald Everett with the Seahawks.
0: I think that's an underrated pickup in free agency. Yeah. They've needed somebody like him.
2: They throw to the tight end.
0: Wilson wants to yeah. and likes to. Um, Everett and Higby sort of canceled each other out a little bit with the Rams. Both to me are starting caliber guys, and I think both of them the best are, your best footballs yet to come because the other one's out of the way.
2: Yeah, the uh, 14 you have the aforementioned Higby.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, and boy, I think two years probably...
2: ago, the last six games of the year, he looked insane. He looked like the next Rob Gronkowski. Yeah,
0: and we didn't <laughs> think that was going to keep up, but he's capable. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't a two-game sample size. And it Matthew
2: was... Stafford will throw to the tight end.
0: Oh yeah, without question. So I think both those guys are set up to be apart from each other. Um, good receivers, not great players, but you know, high quality tight ends.
2: Thirteen. You have Rob Gronkowski, I and mean, I that had to be a tough one. To, to, yeah, where to put him because he's not a full time player anymore.
0: No, and I went to Pro Football Focus and went and you know found some of their stats and some of their snap counts. He pass blocked a lot last year. I mean, for tight ends, he hardly still ever does that. Block yeah, anymore, and he's great at it. Uh, he played really well in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think he picks his spots at this point. He ain't what he used to be, but he's still no fun to play against.
2: 12 is another tough one to rank. You have Evan Ingram here. Yeah. Uh, I know Steeler fans were were frustrated with Ebron last Mm -hmm. year. Giants fans are three years of frustration with Evan Ingram at this point.
0: Yeah, if you just look at his stat sheet, it's not bad. You look at his combine and you're blown away. He has a little bit of Ebron to him, to your point, of being the victim of where he was drafted. You yeah. know, if he was a second-round pick, people like, oh, he's a pretty good tight end. But he's yeah. first, so it's not quite good enough. He's frustrating, but he could blow up at any game or any season. Uh, I'm curious what his market will be after the year.
2: Eleven, the former quarterback, Logan Thomas, of Washington. Pretty darn he had good. a really good year last year. Yeah, really yeah. good
0: year. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's found his niche. Uh, I, I would bet his production dips a little with – Three good receivers there now. Yeah. and you know, he's probably He was essentially the little...
2: number two receiver yeah, last right. year. right.
0: With McLaurin, they were hurting yeah. for guys. 110 targets. They had Samuel, they added Dianami Brown. But obviously, the conversion of tight end has been highly successful.
2: Ten is another big receiving tight end. Mike Kosicki.
0: He's also in the. He doesn't block. So he much. doesn't block anybody. Right. Yeah, I mean, Friarmuth is not like him. They were both detached a lot at Penn State, but Friarmuth is a lot more. Apt to put somebody on their back or at least engage. Gusecki's a big slot all day long. You could see why he was really good at volleyball. I mean, is uh, a, a go up and get it guy. Yeah, he's Long, he's, he's long. Yeah. You know, really good vertical things like that. But he is what I mean. He ain't blocking anybody.
2: Nine is Johnu Smith.
0: I think I have and, eight Henry is, right and eight about. is Hunter
2: Henry. This is kind of a Browns-like situation yeah. in that you paid these guys a lot of money, a lot of money, and you're not getting the number one. Like, you no, didn't, no, right. you, you're you not you are not paying here for Kittle. You're not paying for Kelsey. No. You're a lot of You're investing. paying more, these guys more than what Kittle or Kelsey are making. Combined, right. Your Com- tight end room yeah. expensive. And I don't know that you're going to get – like, I think people are going to be – I don't know that Patriots fans will be disappointed because I think they will help them make them a better team. Agreed. But I don't know that it's going to be – you know, had they spent that money on, t- on, a, on a wide receiver mm-hmm. – in uh, one of these guys. I think they'd have been much happier.
0: I do, too. I assume this just screams we're going to live in 12 personnel. I mean, you're not going to have – they're not going to rotate in and out if you're spending this kind of money yeah. on these guys. Um, it does kind of feel like a, a Hooper a little bit as you're buying high in terms of what you're paying these guys. I like both players. I really like Johnny Smith after the catch. Henry's injury history really worries me, but he did stay healthy last year. Maybe they're fluky things. Uh I don't want either one in fantasy, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and but I think they will make the the Patriots a better team. But they're more compliments to an outside receiver, right? I mean? Yeah. I wish they had one more piece there to really get the most out of these yeah. guys. It's not Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. It's not. It's no,
2: not. it's it's not that situation, no. and they're and they don't have they don't have the outside receiver who is going to command. No. The safety over the top that's going to. There's going to be a lot free of free them up. In
0: the yeah. Field. There's going to be a lot of single coverage on the outside. I mean, Gronk and Hernandez were maybe the two best tight ends in the league at that point. Yeah. These guys are, what, eight and nine or nine and ten or yeah. like that, you know?
2: Number seven is Noah Fant.
0: I didn't love him coming out of school. I thought he was, you know, co- sort of a combine warrior, straight line ish. I like him more and more. You know, they get him on like crossing routes after the catch, his speed. And he can run, up. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him. We've had this conversation a lot about Denver with a, a quarterback that would get the most out of a tight end,
2: but he won't block anybody.
0: Not so much. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's stick not a what face you're in for, there, here. but he's yeah. not good at it. No, yeah. most of these guys don't.
2: Six is Dallas Goddard.
0: I think he's a star. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you will ever see the numbers. I mean, they, uh, Ertz is, is there. I don't know if he still will be. It, it broke my heart when he went in the second round. I thought the Steelers could grab this guy three, four years ago or whatever. I really think the best is yet to come. I think he's an exceptional blocker. Um, never really been in a feature situation, though.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's he's what you're looking for if you're looking for that. He and Kittle are the, are the combo guys yeah, that you yeah, look yeah, at. Yeah. So, these guys can both. Think, Any
0: era, they would have been really good. They can
2: catch it, and they can they can block.
0: And if fryer Ruth turns into Goddard, Steelers fans would be really happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And probably people don't look at Goddard that way.
2: Uh, five is Mark Andrews. I might actually have Goddard ahead of him. Just as an all-around player.
0: Yeah, there's a couple knocks on Andrews. Is he doesn't play that many snaps? He's not, not a full-time player. Day. Like yeah. they
2: have to have another tight end. Yeah. To to supplement him because he's always he's always on the injury list.
0: I mean he's their he's their best receiver over yeah. the Lamar era and most productive, but still only plays like two-thirds of the snaps. He's an okay blocker, and they you know how they move their tight ends around, and he'll get yeah. angles and things like that. But he's not powerful. Um, I think he's a very good receiver and a very productive one, and Lamar trusts him. But I don't think he's a special receiver. I'm not sure he's better than Gasecki as a receiver. You know, stretching the field, go get the football, after the catch. He just gets more targets. Yeah, he's good. I don't know that he's a difference maker, though.
2: Uh, At four, you have T.J. Hawkinson.
0: I think he's a star, too. Yeah. And really showed it. Still uh, 24. Still 24. I mean, Really good combine, and you see that. And he runs well, and he's physical. And any era would be a top tight end, not in that top tier. These these next three are ultra productive. I don't know if Hawkinson can get there, but boy, I'd like him on my football team.
2: At three, you have Darren Waller.
0: It's such an interesting story. He yeah. Came in the league as a receiver. Um, alcohol problems are well noted. Got his crap together and. Uh, Gruden is phenomenal, going back to Jared Cook conversation we started with, of scheming up tight ends. He's a mismatch. He's super productive. Good for him. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I just think, wow, what Speaking a Speaking of that,
2: did you see that the Giants signed Kelvin Benjamin as a tight end?
0: As a tight end. I guess it's worth a shot. Yeah. I and mean, again, tight ends don't block anybody. No. I mean, yeah, they really don't.
2: If they just get in the way of a, somebody mm-hmm. in the secondary to... Yeah.
0: yeah. And Don't the ask defense him to, treats him yeah. like a tight end, but he's really a big receiver. <laughs>
2: Don't ask him to crack down on the, on the lineman no, or anything like that. But. He's
0: not going to get inside hands on a big linebacker <laughs> and push him out or anything like that. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's worth the risk. It's better than signing Tebow.
2: And then the top two are pretty obvious. You have yeah. Kittle 2 and Kelsey 1. That I could easily think. be the other way around.
0: Nine out of ten times I would take Kittle over Kelsey. But I think when it came down to it, Kittle's durability and injury concerns—it's it's, it's a concern. It's been a couple years now, and Kelsey's coming off like the best history, best you know, tight end year in history. I, I think that's hard to ignore.
2: Kelsey's the—you know—if you look through this list, um, a lot of these guys on this list have been nicked up at one time or another in their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelsey has not.
0: It's been like five years of dominance. Yeah, it, it, and I think it's ridiculous.
2: Part of that, I mean. We've talked about it in the past. I think the tight end position—you're uh, catching so many balls in traffic over the middle. Mm-hmm. You're taking big hits from linebackers and safeties, and he gets a ton of targets. You know, I mean, and then you're blocking a. a you know, if you're blocking a lineman or a linebacker on a, you know, a play, yeah. there's, there's just more instances. There's the physicality to it, yeah, yeah. There's more instances where they can get hurt. Kelsey has, has been the outlier in that.
0: He has been. I mean, I hate to get ahead of myself, but I think he's. Maybe surpass Tony Gonzalez as best chief tight end ever. Yeah, I mean, and if he
2: surpassed Gonzalez as chief specialist, yeah, he's he's yeah.
0: I mean, he's got Super Bowls. Just career achievements are really really strong right now. Um, I thought he was the most important fantasy player in the league last year because he's so much different than the other tight ends. He's actually like Gonzalez. He's actually gotten a little better as a blocker. It's never going to be his forte, but yeah. you take a little more pride in it late in your career. And some of those guys did that: Gates and Witten and Gonzo and those dudes. But He's a nightmare to play against.
2: Do you do you worry that he, he's going to turn thirty-two soon? Yeah, that he's going to start to slip a little bit.
0: Probably, but I mentioned those guys and Heath Miller and tight ends fade away slow because they're yeah. smart and they understand where to sit down in zones. But with him,
2: the thing that has separated him for so long is his down the field speed, those long strides, yeah. and
0: get him in space. You know, I think he'll lose those things, but that doesn't mean he won't be a valuable asset. You won't
2: see him averaging 14 yards a catch or anything like that though, right. anymore. It's going right. to be, you know, 10 um
0: I, I get back to Kittle though. I think we had this conversation before the season started because a lot of people in different avenues asked me, "Who's the best offensive player in the league that's not a quarterback?" And I said Kittle in, in a Gronk-like manner. Like, McCaffrey's coming off an aw- awesome year, Michael Thomas was phenomenal, but Kittle presents more than anyone on this list. That Gronk mismatch of, okay, you're going to play base personnel, then I'm going to run past you. And he'll beat you up. Yeah. If you're going to be lighter, I'm going to block like crazy in the Shanahan system and put people on their back. There's no answer for those type of tight ends, and they're very rare. And it's why I think Gronk is really like the best offensive player I've seen in the last 10 years.
2: And that's kind of the expectation for Pitts, Yeah. I think down the road. Like, if we're having this conversation next year, I would expect Pitts to be somewhere in that top four. I would, too. I mean, you're talking about the highest-drafted tight end in history.
0: Right. And he will block. I mean, he's not going to be a Gronk-Kittle blocker. But but he'll embarrass you in the opening. Right. He's going to be more receiver versatile than either one of those guys. I mean, with all respect to Gronk and Kittle, who run very well and to me are outstanding, rare players, Pitts is going to be a better route runner. He's going to beat press man coverage versus corners. Like, he beat up on J.C. Horn in man-to-man coverage at the college level. Like, there's no answer for him as a receiver. And I think that that, off, that Atlanta offense should do a pretty good job of, you know, putting him in the right spot.
2: Um, when this is released, are Eagles fans going to give you... For no urts. For no urts on the list.
0: I think he's in their doghouse now. I, I thought about it. Boy, he's had a good career. Um I think some team will pick him up, the Colts or somebody like that, and he'll maybe he fades away slowly too, but I thought he was a liability on the field. I mean, we saw yeah.
2: Jason Witten leave the broadcast booth.
0: Yeah, go
2: to the Raiders. And go to the Raiders. and Not that he was a, he was a part-time player for mm-hmm. the Raiders. But he was a part-time player for the Raiders. Part-time <laughs> after, player for the, yeah, make after a couple taking a million bucks. Yeah, after taking a year off, we've seen Gronk and, right. take a year off and come back and yeah. and be and be effective at that position. It's a
0: good question because I did think maybe I should just put Arts at twenty-five so he's on the list. You know, show that I understand. Tip of the cap day. for the right. yeah, <laughs> and he might get back to that. And I'm sure injuries had some kind of factor in it. Like, if the Steelers picked – if he gets cut and the Steelers picked him up, I would say, okay, you know, if you're going to pay him league minimum for a year, he might be productive. You know, I wouldn't hesitate. I'm not going to criticize any team that picks him up. His his tape last year was rough, though.
2: Yeah. He, can't, he just doesn't run well.
0: Doesn't run – he never all. did. He never did
2: run well. Yeah. And he was peppered with targets. Mm-hmm.
0: Smart, though, and understands all the, all the tricks of the trade and I'm going to sit down in this zone and all that. But I, I hesitated to – I mean – some some of the can't miss guys were or or just miss guys were like Ferkser. you know, like yeah. it, it was. It's a tough position Darwin, to fill. You know? I
2: mean, I, I think Steeler fans may have an understanding of that now. Yeah, right. You know, after the, the Steelers have, have not that they you know used a lot of high picks on these guys, but, but they've taken some bites at the. But Apple, you you, you know? see every year like what was it two years ago three years ago now, it was a deep tight end class. Mm-hmm. And they kept every every time the Steelers pick would come up, there'd be a run of tight ends. Three or four would go off the board right before they picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they ended up with Zach Gentry in the fifth round, and he was the next guy up.
0: Yeah, And even a, di- a deep tight end class means there's five of them. Yeah, you know, and, and there's still ten teams that need them. And you know we talked to Labs last segment, and I know he's not a huge fan of investing in tight ends as a role, and you know, he was talking along the lines of this is a position that's in vogue right now. I think a lot of it's coaching. I mean, if your coach is not good at scheming this position up, you know, a friend of the show, Mike Sando calls tight ends uh, the queen on the chessboard. But if the guy holding the chess pieces isn't real good at using the queen, then it's not. going to know, got to know that. which way she moves. Right, you can't know. just
2: be forward, backwards, and sideways. Yeah. You can, you're sideways. You can go.
0: You can use all these things and dominate yeah. the board. And Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid know how to do that. Gruden knows how to do that. But I don't know if.
2: Waller, but it also helps to have that guy. You have to have that guy. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean, if Pitts would have went to the wrong team or if Waller was on a team that didn't utilize that position, they wouldn't be the same. Well, maybe Pitts would, but you know, <laughs> Waller wouldn't have rejuvenated his career on just any team. It's, it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, it, you can see why teams would say, I don't want to invest in this position because I draft one, it takes them three years to get good, and then i got to pay them when they finally do, and then i got one good year out of them. And it takes a premium pick usually to hit on those guys. Howards and Ingrams and the Jokus. Yeah. They had I mean if you look pick. down
2: that list of guys that you had on there, there aren't many fifth rounders. No. Like Kittle yeah. is Kittle yeah, is and, he's an outlier. Yeah, but that was because Iowa had, you know, five of those guys and yeah. they and always do. Super productive. Yeah.
0: Right, right, right. You know, it's an odd position to invest in. You know, like the Steelers go get Vance McDonald on the cheap when he was 26, 27 ish and yeah. like I know what he is, he's good enough. I don't have to worry about it for a while. That's not so bad.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know?
0: But uh, <laughs> let's keep it on the tight end conversation. I mean, I, I think Ebron's going to be a big part of this passing game. I think his snaps might decrease this year, not by a
2: ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I, I don't know that he has to be out there all the time. Going back to the conversation we had with Labs, he even mentioned receivers blocking in the passing game. Right. Uh, Ebron fits that bill too. I mean, if you only have five offensive linemen, three receivers, Ebron, you're not getting enough help blocking, you know, and they don't have to be great, but the Claypools and Jujus have to be above average as receivers, and I like Ebron, he's on my list, but I think his snaps need to be 50%, 60%,
2: somewhere in that range as much, yeah, like, you know, if you want to have him on the field, you know, on on passing downs, Mm -hmm. fine, without question, Um, even
0: some first and ten, I mean, yeah, not just a specialty player, right,
2: no, he's not. Uh, you want to put him on the field in the red zone. He's Absolutely. a weapon in the red zone. Yep. Uh, which is the way Indianapolis kind of used him. Yep. You know, but he, he can't be your primary guy.
0: No, he caught a lot of touchdowns in Indy. Um, it wouldn't break my heart if you see him trot off the field on second and five, and out comes Joe Haig. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, the, the defense better adjust to that. They better yeah. not keep the same personnel out there. Yeah. And so you're gonna grind some meat. That. Or he trots off and here comes, you know, Watt at fullback, you know, some of those type of things. So you know, it's not even just a fryer mood thing, but I think Ebron would be better in a little bit smaller doses. And
2: I and I think they have a much better idea of that now after having yeah. been with them for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what you can and can't that. ask him to do.
0: And some of these tight ends, we talked about Jared Cook, Ebron's starting to fall in this conversation. They bounce around teams pretty quickly because I think sometimes people get a and I don't think the Steelers did this, but get an inflated Oh, I'm going to turn him into a blocker, and yeah. he finally realize this is who he is. This is there's
2: a reason why blocker. he's not a blocker. Yeah. There's a reason
0: he's not a blocker. That's not who he is. He's a slot receiver.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what the that's the way he'll be utilized this year, and and we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, mm-hmm. certainly, um, I believe that tight end position is is one that is changing. Oh, um, quickly, quickly, yeah. yeah. Um, that you know the, the the combo tight ends are a thing of the past. I mean, right? They're, they're like pure blocking fullbacks.
0: I've been asked a million times, does Friermuth remind, remind you of Heath Miller? Yeah, but it, uh, it's a 2021 version. You know, yeah. like, again, the bar for blocking for these guys is lower, and I think Friermuth can get to where Heath was, relatively speaking. You know, if you watch both their tapes, Heath always going to be a better blocker than Friermuth. Yeah. Know, <laughs> even eight years from now, if he's a Pro Bowl or two. But you don't need as much, you know. Yeah. And so... I think there's a comparison there, but it's a little bit of a too easy comparison. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little too convenient.
2: Yeah, I mean, just uh, they both have a TE next to their name. And, <laughs> right, you know, right. that's, that's the way it goes. But uh, that is going go. to do it for our show today. So for Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht uh, here on site, keeping us on the air and making sure we hit the time limit, uh, <laughs> I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.